three grown men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course, everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night. Aaron Oster. Guys, look, there was that one time. You know, <laughs> oh, geez, Aaron. You're the worst. You are the worst. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's happening? Welcome in. It is episode number one. As in, the most recent interview that we did was our number one most listened to show in the history of Jobbing Out. Not a joke. It is Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark. Aaron Oster is not with us for this segment. He'll join us shortly. Brandon Linton from Rams Head Live. And of course... The main event. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Sugar Bear. Oh, God damn it. The sausage wrestling, uh, sausage castle wrestling champion, of course, Sugar Bear. AJ Francis as well. I am, of course, Glenn Clark. Yeah, uh, boys, I, I'm assuming that both of you went back, and I'm really bummed out that it didn't work out, that you could be there to talk to Mr. Miz because he pushed us back. I'm not kidding, four times. That's a thing that happened two weeks ago. Yeah, it he, did. He pushed us That's back why I couldn't be on four it. times. three times. I know, hey, I know. I was there three out of four. I know, dude. I'm, I felt really bad the way that it all worked. How about the, actually, I think you guys are there the first two, because even the third time when you both told me, hey, I can't do now, he still pushed us back another hour. So, like, <laughs> it was that type of a deal. But I knew it was worth it. Like, I kept saying, I would never do this for another guest because I got, like, a rule. It's the, the George W. Bush rule. It's the... the uh, uh, fool me once, uh, shame on me. Fool me twice, well we won't get fooled again. Like that's always been my policy <laughs> when it comes to guests. But I just had this funny feeling about Mr. Miz, and as it turns out, um, I'm glad we did it that way because the entire internet wrote about it and uh, shared it out, and that was really cool. And he was amazing. What an incredible guest he was. We did a half an hour with him. We could have easily done three hours because he just absolutely killed it. So. Uh, those of you that were mad that we didn't do a show last week, uh, lo siento, but we gave you fucking Mr. Miz the previous week. So, like, get off our ass, okay? That's what I would say. Get off our ass about it. We gave you gold the week before. But uh, Brandon was the only person available last week. And, uh, like, a <laughs> I dick. I was in Cuba. Yeah, I was in New Orleans. Aaron started a new job. So Brandon was the only person available. And what an asshole you are for not just doing the show by yourself, you dick. Yeah, why don't you do a two-hour diatribe of how much you think that Becky Lynch is better than Charlotte Flair? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it would have been how much Lacey Evans is going to yeah, uh, really take all, over the women's division. All it would have been is just Brandon talking about Lacey Evans for two hours. Just Actually, actually just, last what? week was like, of all the weeks for us to miss, yeah, it was like one of the bad weeks for it us It was, to miss. yes. There was much happening, but... Um, I, it, look, we're going to talk about all of it this week. We'll cover all that. All right. Um, later on in the show, we'll make our picks. Money in the Bank is coming up on Sunday, so we'll make our picks in the next segment. And then also later on in the show, TJP. Yes, the winner of the Cruiserweight Classic, who ended up becoming the 
the not the first, but like the the rebirth first cruiserweight champion uh, in WWE. He will join us a little bit later on in the program. He's coming to an event here locally with uh, ACW Adrenaline Championship Wrestling. So we'll chat with TJP about that later on in the show. So, um, AJ, this is the part where you say something about which performers are going to end up on which shows. Um, I told you everybody was on everything. <laughs> and, of course, the only time Roman doesn't show up on Raw is the one it time. It is amazing. Brandon bet because I hate Brandon. Brandon, <sighs> you literally stole $20. You stole $20 from that man. <laughs> I've never seen anything like the robbery that you have pulled off. It is a heist of the century. What you managed to pull off by landing the one fucking week in probably a decade that Roman Reigns was not on Raw. <laughs> literally. Like, holy shit, that was incredible. Um... You just have a feeling sometimes, you know? Yeah, you, just have yes, that feeling. You, you were lucky as shit is what you were. So, look, we'll talk about it. Um, I, I My gut, when I heard what was going on last week, and again, I wasn't watching when it was happening because I was in New Orleans and, like, AJ, we just sort of had better things to do. Um, I, yeah, I don't think anybody else listening to this. Did anyone listen to this podcast? Smoke Cohibas in Havana like they not, were in the street last week? Or not I. Week? I'm sure that really sucked, by the way. I'm sure that was a real difficult time for you. I, thoughts it and was. prayers. I want you to know thoughts and prayers for everything you've had to put up with recently. Um, my initial reaction was we go back to the question that we asked two weeks ago. And if you remember, two weeks ago, we were talking about the ratings disaster. And we said, do they care? Or... Are they sitting back and saying, hey, look, we're still the number one you know, social topic. We're still trending more than anyone is. Ratings are just sort of a mess throughout. We're not going to worry too much about the ratings. We're not going to freak out about it. Everything's fine. And I assumed when we, when we saw what happened last week, well, we got our answer to that question. Yeah, they care a lot. And then in following up with some people in the industry, the answer is absolutely. This was 1,000% a reaction to not just the ratings news but the disastrous call that vince had with the investors and saying we have to do something kind of desperate um in order to make a quick turnaround and so i i get it you know what i mean like it's you got to do that it's it's there's a part of it that really is like if you're just gonna do this just fucking put everybody on both shows for real like yeah what are you doing this 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 is this is it's doing that, but they're giving some shoddy justification for it. So just do it. Like, just just say anyone can be anywhere. Like, what's the point of being like, oh, only three people. Oh, never mind. Now it's a limited number of people, so they don't have to tell you, so they can just do whatever they want. Just do whatever you want anyway. Right. You know, like, why do you have to give us this veil of a justification for, you know, like, what was it the the first week when they did it? And, uh Vince McMahon said, well, Elias with his Shane, so he doesn't count. It's like, like <laughs> why it, are we it, even counting the people? It's like, the insanity. And, like, they don't even, like, they got to the point where they stopped referencing it by this week on SmackDown. Like, by this week on SmackDown, Lacey Evans was on the show, and nobody fucking said a word about wildcard rule. She well, wasn't, they said at the beginning when The Miz came out. Wait, but, like, when... Because I just watched it, like, But every time ahead. they have been saying, every time somebody, well, this is, they're here because of the wildcard rule, Lacey Evans, and maybe just because she was backstage, right? Like, she didn't come out yeah. in the ring. Like, they didn't even mention anything about the wildcard rule, which almost makes it more insane, because, like, are you saying that now everybody can just cut vignettes on whatever fucking show they want? Like, it doesn't... This is stupid. If you're going to do this, just say everybody's on both shows and move on with it. Like, nobody's... 
here's what makes it here's what makes it even more dumb because the first week when they did this it's sort of like it was kind of cheap but you're like okay you're getting all these main eventers right like it, that's who it was it was like roman and all, like everybody who's in the main yeah, uh, and then it was apollo of both shows now it's like apollo cruise right. it's like who gives a shit like you know, like, we have to talk about the fact that Apollo Crews got a pass to come to Bra or whatever. Like, you know, like, now we're getting Like, you don't have life. any goddamn jobbers on Raw that can handle this? Like, you have to... <laughs> yeah. You have to call right. in a jobber from another show? Like, and, and I actually agree with you, Brandon. Like, it, it's one thing to say, hey, we're doing this as an excuse to get the biggest stars on both shows or to get Roman Reigns on both shows. My first reaction was, dude, just say Roman Reigns is on both shows. You did it with John Cena for years, and Roman Reigns is new John Cena. Like, just... Nobody's going to be mad if you just say, hey, Roman Reigns is going to be on both shows. Like, cool, we get it. He's Roman Reigns. He's the, the biggest star in the company. Like, there are different rules for the biggest stars in the company than there are for everybody else. We've all yep. accepted that. That's fine. Yes, always. Like, that's the other the other weird thing they're doing here, and it's 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 not really related to the wild card thing, but it kind of is because we've got, we've got like, super friends again, super friends booking, where it's like, all of the good guys are friends. All of the, the, I know we're going to talk about AJ and Seth. That's all, I'm not counting them. But I mean, like, this whole thing with Roman and The Miz, and then we've got all the bad guys teaming up to take out Braun Strowman, and all the bad guys teaming up to beat up whoever. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it feels I, like we're regressing I, okay. into that a little bit. I'll only push back there a little bit. I Typically, I agree with what you're saying. This week, it actually did make sense for them to want Braun Strowman out of the match. Like, yep. that, did. That is like, that is logical booking this week for all yep. of the heels to say. As soon as I saw, as soon as I saw that it was a false count anywhere match, I was like, oh, yeah, Strowman's definitely losing this match. And no, no, no. I'm not saying that didn't make sense. It's that, but then go to what happened on SmackDown. No, as I well. hear you. Like in general, the theory of yeah. just make everybody friends. I'm with you on. I'm only pointing out that this week in particular on Raw. There was logic to saying have all of the heels try to wreck Braun sure. Strowman because Braun Strowman is an actual fucking monster, and and it's actually perfect because all it's going to do is they cost Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre cross Braun Strowman, so now Braun Strowman is going to cost Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin in the match. Right. Sure, of course, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, look, it. I'm not mad about it because what I can't be. I, I, people were like me, reaching out to me last week that were genuinely mad about this, and I don't know what there is to be mad about. Like, I, you're mad that that you're gonna see more of the superstars that you like. Like, that doesn't seem like something to be mad about. I do say, and, and Brandon, you and I talked about this briefly. The Raw after what? What? Wrestling fans are illogical yeah, I, in their no, thought process I, I and believe- reactions. I should have. That's on me for not seeing that coming. My what? fault. My fault. I accept it. I should have seen that coming. Um, Brandon, you and I talked about this briefly the night after Raw, or sorry, the night after WrestleMania when we were at Raw, and there was the talk of unifying the belts. And I said that the only issue that I have with any of this, for, as from a fan's perspective, is that there's a lot of people that we like that are already finding a hard time getting on television. And what happens when you're now giving time on both shows to the same superstars is it makes it almost impossible to ever get those people on television. And so the only complaint that I could have, and it, you know, where it ranks on, on relevant complaints is, if I'm a fan of insert name here, now oddly, of course, this being the week that we finally saw Mojo on television, so like, you know, humorous that it works out that way, but if I'm a fan of a Mojo, if I'm a fan of a lesser performer that's been struggling to get on TV, 
putting both or all stars on both shows isn't going to help get more guys on TV. Nope. Right. And on top of that, um, like, I, I I hope that they unify the belts. Uh, we've already talked about this before, but if they do unify the belts, I always wonder like smack is SmackDown always going to get the short end of the stick? Yes, of course, yeah. of course it is always. That's the way it works. Although, although, well, with, maybe not. Right with Fox, yeah, that's fair. That it, it is different now with Fox that you you can't purposely give them the short end of the stick because it's literally a network TV show that's going to be running live. I think what's going to happen to like. AJ's point is right. That's how it always has gone. But what's going to happen, what I'm afraid is going to happen is almost like you're going to get the same, not the same show twice, but kind of the same show twice, like they used to do. Like, uh, but that was when we all, but that was when we all stopped watching SmackDown. Well, but it will be, but, but SmackDown won't be able to be, it might turn the other corner where like SmackDown has the first Daniel Bryan versus whoever match. And then the rematch is on raw instead of the other way around, you know? Because they're they're not going to be allowed to put second-rate shit on Fox. I mean, it's not going to work that way. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be put, plugging this on NFL games. They're going to be, like, you can't just see the same thing again. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. I mean, it's like AJ and I both agreed um, that the, the, everybody was going to be on every show come October because that's the only way you can get get out of that who's on what network bullshit you know like it's really it's like oh this is our entire universe this is like the simpsons everybody exists in the same universe everybody can be everywhere um so i, I don't know it'll be very interesting I I, I I don't think that you can do the smackdown is the b show thing and i think they've come a long way from that even though there's even ever so slightly it's 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 climbing to i mean i i, I think a, a lot of us sat here on this show and said a lot of weeks that SmackDown was a superior SmackDown product. since the brand split has absolutely 100% been the superior product. There's no debating that, but I think we would all also say to a man that before the brand split, we weren't yes. watching SmackDown every week. Nope. We were kind of like checking in on it here and there. Um, and that's, I, I hear everything you're saying and I get that like the, you have to, you have to come correct when you move to, there's no world in which Fox they had, is, they had Ronda at the upfronts. And, and, like, most people in wrestling media didn't even think she was going to be part of the WWE. And Ronda was at the up. Well, and, and, and again, we still don't know. Like, she's if, if our understanding is she's still trying to get pregnant, right? So, like, we still don't know if she's if actually. She's gonna, at the upfronts for Fox. She's going to be fucking be on the show. I, uh, I, that's all I'm saying. I, I think that at some point you would assume that she is, right? Like, I. It, I don't know. I'm not going to try to. She's from the down back. Wait, what? <laughs> What? Yeah, I don't. I don't well, know that I know. I, it. I don't know what the upfront is. So I oh, the down. She's on the down back. I thought that was uh, some sort of sex-related slang term, and I was looking so the, forward up, to the finding out what like it is. The thing where Fox presents their programming for the fall, right? And for WWE, John Cena and Ronda Rousey showed up for SmackDown. So I was. So I, I, I don't was, think you can't have those people on the show. If you I, I was told, I was told by someone in TV. That don't assume anything about who showed up at the upfronts because WWE had basically said it's all hands on deck right now and that they'll make their decisions later. Um, but again, I'm not saying that makes what you're saying wrong either. It's totally plausible that they say if, if, if Fox is getting us to come out, Fox isn't sign up for a show that doesn't involve John Cena and Ronda Rousey, right? Like, I, 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 your theory isn't flawed. Um, 
And then you put them at the upfront, and then you don't put them on the show, and then what does Fox say? Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not certain. I have no idea. I, I think that Fox signed up, you know, put a billion dollars in because they're assuming they're getting John Cena and Ronda Rousey. I don't think they put. But a how billion... could you? But how could you bring them to? You know, that would be like bringing fucking uh, David Duchovny to the upfronts for some show, and then he's like a side character and is never on the show. Well, you know, you don't, but you networks, don't do networks that, have done you know? that type of stuff before. I mean, like, WWE's done that with USA before. Like, they've sent people to the upfronts to promote Raw that weren't on Raw. Like, that's happened before. Um, like, it's not... It's not... I, I, I think the theory about Fox wanting John Cena and Ronda Rousey is, like, of course they want fucking John Cena and Ronda Rousey, right? Like, obviously, if you're getting involved in a billion dollars, they want John Cena Both and Ronda Rousey there. Both right. those guys. Right. Both those guys. So, if they're available, I, I have no doubt that that's true and that they want those people. And again, there's so much of this that we don't know and they don't know and Lord knows. But it, it's more comical that this all happened two weeks after a brand split and two weeks after a brand split or a, what are we, the superstar shakeup that we made fun of relentlessly because they had no fucking idea what they were doing a week later and had to flip everybody back. And as it turns out, they weren't ever really doing a goddamn superstar shakeup to begin with. And if you remember, they never really, they never, it never stopped. Right. They just like, kept- it, There was never a week where nobody shifted. Like every week, I mean, there might have been one way. I, I, I'm not saying I have a flawless memory, and there wasn't, but it, it sure as hell didn't feel like there was a week where people remained on the same show. No, I think you're probably right about it. Or at least was on both or right. something, you know? Right. I understand what you're saying. Look, I, ultimately, I, I do think that this is not much ado about nothing, but much ado about little. I don't think it drastically changes anything. I am interested in, are they really going to unify? That part clearly would be interesting because one of the problems we constantly talk about is that they tend to have issues in coming up with compelling storylines that don't surround belts. And so if you're going to unify all the belts and have half of the belts that you had before, where is our faith in their story writing right now that they're going to come up with great compelling storylines outside of the belts? That has been an issue for some time, and we also talked about the crowded mid-card that exists right now. You have a crowded mid-card, you're talking about cutting belts in half. What are you doing with all that? There's there's sort of a, a loss there, and I'd be interested in that. The other side that I'd be interested in is do they just say, you know what, we're going to have everybody on both shows, and we're going to let everybody go after both belts, right? Like, we'll be okay if you're on Raw, you can go after a SmackDown championship. For fuck's sakes, the Usos are doing it right now, right? <laughs> um, if you're on SmackDown, you can go after a Raw championship. We're not. We're going to have everybody on both shows, but we're not going to get rid of the belts because belts are good for storytelling and professional wrestling. Um, I, I don't know that that's... that's I, like, it's weird, but is it really, like, awful? I don't know that it's a bad idea no, to do something. No, it's fine. I mean, I, th- I, think, I think what the problem is is... I think as long as the television is compelling, it's fine. The problem is like there's when you try to follow it in any kind of logical way, there's there is none. But like if you can if you can let go of that because you're getting good matches and you're getting then it's fine. You know what I mean? The problem is when none of it's working. When you're get when you're getting shitty TV and they're doing that, then you're kind of like looking for a baseline to come back to some kind of semblance of a good show, you know? But like like the week after Raw, we all talked about this. This doesn't make any sense, but the shows were good. Yeah, you know, right? It was fun. It was two fun shows, and I can live with having fun watching wrestling, 
even if it doesn't all make sense. Like I'm but okay. These past couple of weeks were pretty fun. You know, isn't that supposed to be like the whole gig? Yes, yes. I agree, AJ. I look again, and AJ is obviously the one that pushes back the most against any of this stuff. But I, I, I always come back to if you give me good shows. I'll live with some of the stuff that I come back and scratch my head about. And that's why I've been kind of stunned by the overwhelming reaction to this. It's, it's yes, it's weird, it's goofy, it's, but it's like what I said two weeks ago. I can't even be mad because it's just sort of funny. It's funny. It's funny that it all happened this way. Whatever, here we are. Now give me Seth Rollins and AJ Styles on Sunday night, and I bet that's going to be fucking great. So, Glenn, I was, was thinking... Why would a match between AJ Styles and Seth Rollins be great? They're just two of the best wrestlers of the Right, <laughs> right, correct. I mean, I, Glenn, I was thinking of you whenever I was watching Raw last week and the main event was the WWE Championship match between two SmackDown guys. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it was awesome. The match was great. And, like, and, it's, and that's the thing. That's why I think we're all coming back to the same thing, which is just stop with the... Dude, there was nothing more awkward. I can't even remember what show because I literally watched four shows like on four consecutive days. So I, I'm not going to be able to remember which show this happened on. At one point, like somebody came out to do the show opening. You know how like the, the first segment of the shows now is like a big star comes out and sort of recaps everything that's been going on. Like that's yes. how they start their shows now. Whoever it was that came out to start the show referenced something like, you know, it would stop every couple of seconds to get a pop and a good crowd reaction. And they said something like, and now, thanks to the wild card rule, and they like stuck the mic out, like looking for like a big reaction to it, and the crowd is just like, "Why the what? Like, <laughs> the fuck do we care about the on, wild card it, rule?" It was on Raw. This was it week. this week? I don't remember. I it's so hard for me to separate everything because I watch so much wrestling in such a quick amount of time. Well, I loved I loved the uh, the Usos saying they got their title shot because Roman Reigns said they could have the <laughs> title shot. That's actually. <laughs> That's actually really good. Roman said this is his yard now, so we're we're coming for the titles. You it's know like, what? Okay. I think that's a good bit. I think they should run <laughs> with that bit because that's a really good bit. Um, I don't know. We have new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Yeah, I guess that's happened since the last time. we. God, I keep forgetting that it's been two weeks. Daniel um, Bryan and right. Rowan, which I thought was a, a pretty good – unless they lost them this week because I haven't seen SmackDown. But. No, no, no. They're, uh, they're still champions, and they're going to defend them on Sunday. Um, well, they did walk out at the beginning with no belts, which I thought was yeah, that's interesting. Weird. That's weird. I didn't I didn't notice that. Um, I look, I I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's a good way of doing that. I certainly like it more than uh, the Kabuki Warriors. I like it a lot more than that, which is almost that's as the, wait. That's the name. Oh, do you you don't know about the Kabuki? Oh, you haven't gotten there yet. No. Oh God. That's what. But I'm assuming That's you're talking about Kyrie Sane and Oscar. Yes, Kyrie Sane and Oscar are now the Kabuki Warriors. Kabuki. Is, that, is, is that worse than the Viking experience? It's bad. No, Kabuki. Why do you guys not like Kabuki? I don't like. I uh, dude. I. It just. I comes, was. I, I was all against Viking experience from the beginning, but Kabuki Warriors. That's not bad. I understand the idea. Is there a history with that word though, in wrestling. Even if there isn't, it sounds Kabuki. Cool. It sounds, it sounds like booty. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kabuki Warriors. I'm in. I'm in. You know what? I I can't believe that you might have sold me on something there. <laughs> you uh, actually might have sold me on something. Kyrie Sane has the best elbow in the biz. Yes. Well, nobody's uh, nobody's got a problem Oscar with Kyrie Sane. Oscar literally uses her ass as a weapon. Kabuki fits, man. I mean, We're just talking about the name. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
Kabuki it Warriors. Just, it just it it what it feels like to me is another hey you all are Asian let's come up with an Asian word or a Japanese word and let's give it to you and, and that is basically what the online people are seeing saying okay. now that I'm googling this okay which isn't like it's not it's saying it's racist it's a weird that's a weird thing man like it's not racist in that it's derogatory like it's not a derogatory term it's just the notion of and we talked about this with a lot of other wrestlers we're like oh if you're black we have to make you as black as possible right like we have to play you know, if next if next week they come out and their music is yes clearly that would be you know the type of thing that would be completely shameful but you know it just has this feeling of like we have to play like we we have to bring insane attention to what your race is kabuki girls are like dramatized dance with style and skill yeah so apparently they wanted to call them the kabuki girls and then they changed it to warriors Uh, i mean according according to page on twitter kabuki girls sounds yeah what was the name of the what were the name of the 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 girls that gwen stefani like Turn, oh, like uh, Hirabaki or something, something like, like that. that? Yeah, uh, I think they were called Hollaback Girls. Nah, that's the yeah. one. Nailed it. Nailed it. B a n a n a s. That is correct. Nailed it. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to spend too much time thinking about it because I. It's they were gonna... called the, the Harajuku Girls. Harajuku Girls. Thank you for. I'm that. all in on Kabuki it. Warriors, by the way. Just, but again, explain. You're all in on Kabuki Warriors because. It sounds kind of like booty. And I actually <laughs> genuinely love that answer. I need you to know that I genuinely love that answer. Uh, before we get to picks, was there anything else over the course of the last two weeks? Again, outside of the silliness of everything. I don't, I don't know who had the best match of last week when I was on the vacation, but I know what the best match of the week this week was. Um... That's an interesting. I haven't, I haven't seen everything, but the best match I saw was Cesaro and Rey Mysterio. And that was the good. Best, the best match I saw was the women's fatal four way. Well, it was good too. Yeah, I could go with that too. The one Nikki Cross won. Yep. Yeah, that was a really good that match. Was a really good match. You know what? I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that being the choice for this week. Yeah, cool. I really, but I, I have you to say, I really like that. You know what? The, like the funny part being, you like, Mysterio we match. Won one last week. Yeah, we didn't do a show last week, so we'll leave that Aaron's responsibility. Aaron's got to come up. with I, I'm going to say for last week, uh, it was either the WWE Championship match on Raw or the WWE Championship match on SmackDown. They were both pretty good. The Triple Threat or Daniel Bryan and Kofi. I mean, they were both good matches. I, 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 nothing else sticks out to me. As I like remember a, thinking, the Usos match was pretty good. What, and the, wait, the what, tag team match was good. Which week was Kushida? That was two weeks ago, right? Actually, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the Usos was my favorite match of last week. That was a really good match. I gotta go back and try to remember what was on. I actually watched NXT too. I've watched way too much. Yeah, I haven't seen any of NXT oh. for like three weeks. Oh, last week was Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole. Fuck that. Ooh. That was my vote for last week. I'm sure that it, it's great. Oh, so. you haven't seen it yet? It was really good. I haven't seen NXT for like two or three and, weeks. Oh, okay. I need to, need to get caught idiot. up. Yeah, I it was know. really good, and it continued to tell the Adam Cole-Roderick Strong story in it as great. well. Um, it, it was a really good match. It was a really good match. I would be my vote for last week. Wait, <clears> I know what we can <throat> talk about. Glenn's match of the century was announced. Um, 
as as my as one of my friends uh, Chris oh, put it, at WWE Blood Money 2019, <laughs> we will have Goldberg versus The Undertaker. My, I have a genuine question that I need for to the ask. first time ever. Yeah, my my legitimate question that I do need answered at this very moment is. How do you book that match? <laughs> How? Because 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 Goldberg has to the match for him has to be less than seven minutes long. Yes, <laughs> and probably for a big mark at this point as well. And on top of that, Goldberg's definitely not going to want a job to Undertaker in seven minutes. Okay, and un- and Undertaker's definitely not going to job to Goldberg in seven minutes. All right. I don't think Goldberg gives a shit. I think he, as long as he gets his paycheck, I think he's cool. Let's keep a couple of things in mind, though. One, you also know that somehow Kane, Triple yeah, H, yeah. and Shawn Michaels are all going to be involved with it in some way. <laughs> and, and Hulk Hogan. And that will buy, and Hulk Hogan, yes. And that will buy you a few more minutes in the process. True. Like, you're gonna, there's, it's, unless those guys end up having their own matches, all still possible. Those Very guys possible. will definitely inv- end up being involved because they appear to like money. <laughs> so they're definitely going to go, and they're definitely going to be mean, involved. To be somehow. fair, I am a big fan of money. I have heard that about you, and I know that you care about a lot of causes. Mm-hmm. I the think. Way, I the, the, oh, sorry. I, I'm I'm guessing. Look, the word is again that there's a bu- a boatload of guys that really don't want to go, right? Like this is this is part of the problem is that not everybody is getting the same money to go that Goldberg and the Undertaker are. Those guys because they're not Goldberg and the Undertaker. Correct, but those guys, it's way easier to piss away any like morals when that number is hey, we'll give you three million bucks. You're like, man, it is really a shame that they kill people, but that's three million dollars. Like well, that's. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be a hundred, hundred percent honest with you at this very moment in time and space and the space time continuum and all of that. There is not a place I would work the seventh ring of hell for a hundred grand. Are you kidding me? Um, I, uh, yeah. I mean, if if I'm someone who doesn't typically get a hundred grand for one for one night's work, but I can understand. Grand? I get what you're saying, but imagine you're Bobby Lashley, right? Bro, and I, I don't give a fuck. I this I, is, I disagree with. If you're Bobby Lashley and you make, grand, bro, and I'm not it, saying that we know. That, okay, here's the, here's here's the thing. Other than a flat-out purchase of a home, what can you not buy with $100,000? Manny Machado. You can't purchase him. He's not Okay, available. and people. Right. That's, that's about low. You're about right. That's about the list. Certain cars. How about the one that you just purchased? I don't think that was quite $100,000. It was it, not. But you could have got three of my car for $100,000. <laughs> um, I hear what you're saying, and I think for the average performer, they would probably tend to agree. But one, I don't know if the average performer is getting $100,000. To, again, to go to Jetta. Let's be very clear about this. It could be anywhere. They're going to Jetta. Where? It's a pl- it's Jetta. We already discussed this. It's an annual rally of, of all Volkswagen Jetta owners. It's a very nice ah, event. It's a, very, it's a lovely event. It could be anywhere. Um, I don't know that the average performer is getting $100,000. And if you're someone who makes good money, 
I don't know that you necessarily feel like you need that $100,000, that you couldn't do something else to make $100,000. Bro, I'll never get to the point where somebody offers me $100,000 in one day's work. Not even one day. Don't say that. Don't say that. Yeah, Brian, I was going to tell you to write that down because... Because if you start making a mill an appearance, you're not going to take $100,000 to do this, you know? But But if it's just a work one match, bro... I actually enjoy wrestling. Like, I, look, I'm not, as I said before, I'm not mad at anybody who goes. That's your call. You go, you go. I'm not trying to get in your pocketbook, man. Like, I, I have never begrudged anyone the money that they make, right? Like, everybody's got to make a living. Everybody's got to do their thing. You get market value. For Some people get far above market value. You go do your thing. It's like, it, it's like people being mad at Joe Flacco because he got money to play quarterback, right? Like, go fuck yourself, man. You know, like, I, I just right. I don't get mad at people for making money. Um, that's their right. But on the flip side, if, if you're in a place in your life where you say, I don't need this particular paycheck, I don't begrudge you for saying, I don't want this particular paycheck. No, nah, I don't begrudge him at all. It's just you're bugging. <laughs> Go get that money. That's what you're saying. You're bugging, B. Money. Go get Go the get cheddar, bro. Everybody eats, B. Uh, all right. We'll talk about some more stuff in segment number three. We'll have some other things to get to, including uh, some big news this week in the world of AEW. But when we come back in, we got to make our picks. Uh, Sunday night, Money in the Bank, one of our favorite pay-per-views all year. Uh, we'll talk about that next. I'm Glenn. He's Brandon, and he's... The main event. AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. The latest edition of PressBox is available now on the cover. Luke Jackson dives into the options the Orioles have with the number one pick in the MLB draft and the significance of them picking number one for just the second time ever as they're in the throes of a rebuild. Plus, Bo Smolka looks into the Oklahoma connections developing for the Ravens after using two of their first five picks on former Sooners for the second year in a row. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com Woke up this morning Back in here, segment number two this of is Job the first, This is the first show I ever actually binge watched Really? Hmm. I'm trying to think of what year, it went off the air in 06? Right? Oh, but here's the thing though, this shows you so I'm, there's this thing going on Instagram now, it's talking about like, I'm so old that I remember that, so I got one now. I'm so old that when I binge watched The Sopranos, do you know how I did it? You, uh, TV. VHS? The DVDs. No. Blockbuster was trying to compete with Netflix at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. I had so, that. So, yeah. Netflix, what they were doing was they were letting you for $10, you could, for $10 a week, you could take out as many DVDs as you wanted, but you had to do them one at a time. So I'd pay $10. <laughs> I would take out season one, episode one of The Sopranos. From the Blockbuster, now it's a T-Mobile store on Greenbelt Road in College Park. But this was when I was in college, and I would go watch that DVD, drive back, pick up some gummy bears, get the next disc, <laughs> go watch it. And I watched the whole series of The Sopranos in like That's pretty dope. two weeks. I did the same thing, man. That's dope. That's really same dope. Same exact thing. <laughs> All right. Um, Aaron Oster has joined us for segment number two. It's good to have him back. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing well. How's doing how's well. the how's the new job? It's long, but it really exciting. has it really has screwed us. So you're an inconsiderate prick who can go fuck yourself. 
Um, uh, we have we have no time. We got to fly through picks because I'm actually I got to get out of here. Um, what do we what do you guys have in mind for a bet? Um, I thought okay, so we had talked after Mania that we were going to start doing it in a little different way. So my idea was we do it, you know, quarterly style. So this is going to be the start of something that ends at SummerSlam. Fine, great. So what's the bet between now and SummerSlam? The loser, because it's the summer. The loser has to skinny dip in their neighbor's pool. Oh, I, hang on a second. Not all of us have neighbors with pools. Yeah. Okay. Loser has to skinny dip in a random person's pool. Okay. <laughs> no. We'll, we'll come up with something between now and SummerSlam. All right. <laughs> I like where your head's at. Let's try to let's workshop it a bit. All right. Let's just workshop <laughs> it a bit. Get us arrested. Let's. We <laughs> just gotta. We gotta make the picks. We gotta do it. It's money in the bank on a Sunday night from Connecticut. Uh, Aaron, just let's start. All right. Uh, money in the bank. It's eleven match cards, including one pre-match show. The pre-match match is Daniel Bryan and Rowan defending. I guess it's not defending the titles against the Usos. Oh wait, did they lose them? No, they didn't lose them. But right now, according to Wikipedia, that match is just a straight tag match. It does not. Say I was going to say I didn't think line. they lost the titles. Wait, so it's not yeah. a. It's not as a, of as of now. It is just a tag match. Now the titles might be on the line, oh, but sakes. as of now, it's just a tag match. All right, whatever. Um, uh, just go. Uh, whatever. It is a big difference whether or not they. Yes. Um, yes, it is. They're for the belts, but fine. Uh, make your make your pick, AJ. Uh, I'm going to go with Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan. I don't think you put them on him to take them away that fast. Uh, but we don't know if they're for the belts or not. Uh, I'm going to go with either way. I'm going Rowan and Bryan. Yeah, I'm going that way as well. Me too. All right, next. Uh, the Cruiserweight title is on the line. Tony Nese defends against Arya Davari. Oh, this is me. Um, you. No, too soon of a turnaround. Tony Nese. Yeah, if Tony Nese loses, I think it's going to be against someone bigger than Davari. So I'm going with Tony Nese. Brandon? Is, is it me? Yes. Okay. Tony Nese. Same. Okay, next. Next, we have Samoa Joe defending against Rey Mysterio. And after WrestleMania, I, I'm kind of tempted to say Rey Mysterio via disqualification. So I don't think Joe loses the title here. But I, I think it's better if just Joe wins straight out, especially if he destroys Dominic along the way. So I'm going to say Samoa Joe wins this. Uh, yeah, Samoa Joe. Um, I think that I want Samoa Joe to still be the champion. Um... But I feel like the way they did it at WrestleMania kind of sets up like comeuppance now. So unfortunately, I'm gonna pick Rey Mysterio. I, I like you where your head's at, but I can't join you. Give me some mojo. All right. Um, let's go with the Miz versus Shane McMahon. Jesus Christ! I knew I was gonna get this match. Um. You have to go Miz, right? Because Shane won the WrestleMania match. So I think the Miz wins this match. Yeah, I'm going with the Miz. I don't know why it takes this much thought. Yes, the answer has to be the Miz here. Yeah, if the Miz loses in a cage match, even if it's a schmoz finish, like, what are we doing here? I agree. <laughs> what I are agree. we doing we didn't here? Need, we did not need more Shane McMahon. We did not need it. This is the <laughs> yes, only reason did. to do it. Why? Shane why? Shane why? No. <laughs> Uh, okay, 
So we'll move on to uh, Roman Reigns versus Elias. AJ? Is Roman Reigns in the match? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Can we just skip this and move on to the next one? <laughs> okay. No, no one wants to pick Elias? No. 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 Okay. So let's move on to uh, looking along. Uh, Kofi Kingston defends the title against Kevin Owens. Glenn? You know, I could make a really compelling argument for either one of these guys, and this sort of tests what we were talking about when we talked about giving Kofi the belt, which is it didn't need to be a long run, and you don't need all of these faces to have the belts for that long, but, man, it feels weird. It feels weird that you would do it and then just pull it off of him a month later. I do like Kevin Owens as champion for a little while. <sighs> Ah, no, Kofi. Yeah, to me, this this feels like this is not going to be the end of the feud. This is Kofi wins with a roll-up, something along those lines to, to continue the feud. Maybe, you know, Kevin Owens destroys him afterwards, and Kevin Owens wins it, you know, sometime between now and SummerSlam, something like that. So I'm going to say Kofi wins it here. Uh, I got to go, Kofi. I, th- I think you're right. We can't it's keep too doing soon. the. We can't keep doing the. Black people don't have long runs as champion things. So yeah. I'm going to pick Kofi. Do you yeah, think? Our... How long do you think this run is going to be, though? Till SummerSlam. Okay, that's not. Yeah, I mean that would be a, a that would be a run. It wouldn't be even a... gender. Yeah, that... Even gender got that right. Absolutely, gender got a pretty yeah. solid run. Yep. Damn, yeah. you just shitted on Jinder Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, Aaron? Did he wreck the shit? He, he ruined it. He ruined it. He ruined SmackDown so much like Aaron called that the Raw That's right. Are down. That's right. <laughs> no, he ruined SmackDown he, so I, much I, they I sold it for a billion dollars. I didn't call it enough. He ruined all of WWE, not That's just right. SmackDown. That's right. You're right. That's completely wrong. He's actually the reason years later they had to institute a wildcard policy. It's gender right. fault. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go next. All right. All right, first of two Becky matches. Becky Lynch defends versus Lacey Evans. Uh, I guess I'm first. I will go with Becky Lynch in this one. Uh, yeah, do it. Do it, you son of a bitch. Do it. Play the music. <laughs> I am going with. You got any balls at all? If you've got any <laughs> balls at all. See, here's the thing. And I don't know. Did cancer <laughs> take away your balls? I'm going to feel bad. They have, they, have built the, they have built this up the right way that I wanted them to. So, I'm going to have to go with... (laughs) (laughs) What a bitch! (laughs) Becky Lynch wins the match. Good bit. All right. Yeah, Becky Lynch is winning this one. Yes, I think we agree on this because I think we're all going to agree on the next one, too. All right. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. Charlotte wins. Is Charlotte Flair in the match? I'm with you. Charlotte wins this match. This is the way you set it all up. Uh, Charlotte wins this match. I have one thing to say, though. If this match is first, I kind of change my mind. Oh, well, yeah, there's no Uh, way. I I, I assume this one's going second. We're not not giving everybody the opportunity. You got to call it now. Yeah. I'm just saying. You got to call your shot now. I'm committed to my pick, but I'll immediately be like, fuck, this is the first one. There's a part of me that wonders if Becky wins this and then Money in the Bank cashes in. There's a big part of me that wonders that. But there's also more to be given. So, like, if you go the other direction, and and I'm I'm, without getting into the weeds with the Money in the Bank winner, but if you go the other direction, you have Charlotte, you have her beat Charlotte, that's a perfect opportunity to give Lacey the title because you give it to her in sort of a cheap way, right? Like, 
if she wins later after or Becky beats Charlotte and is cashed in on, you know, and then she's laying she's at a wreck for the Lacey match or something, you know, like that's the only asterisk, I think, if, if something like that would yeah, and then I, I I do just wonder if they're just like, all right, we like the Becky two belts thing. We're selling this shirt. Right. Let's have We're this shirt another month. No, right. I have like, I have wondered. Shirt. I said that before. Like, do you need to the first time have her defend both of them and just have her do that one time and then move on? From right. Them. But exactly. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm betting Charlotte here. I'm changing my honestly, pick. I'm right? gonna say Becky wins both both matches. Do we allow that? Son of a yeah, bitch. Yeah, we can let him. God damn. Let yeah. him be an idiot. All right. All right. All right. Uh, what do we got here? We have Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Mm. Is this me? This is me, I think. Oh, okay. Seth Rollins is winning the match. Yeah. You know, like, I've thought through the idea of this being the night that AJ, like, fully, like, kind of goes crazy. Um, but no, not yet. Not yet. Uh, Seth Rollins. If AJ won again, it would be a count out, something like that. There's no way they take the belt off of Seth Rollins here, so I'm going with Seth Rollins. I'm also going with Seth Rollins. I don't think we're going to get AJ kicking him in the dick eight times. I, I mean, no, I, we're going to get it at some point. Let's be clear about that. That will. <laughs> and that's come. exactly how they'll do it, right? Yeah, he'll kick him right. That's in the exactly dick. the way it'll go. No <laughs> that's question. the only thing we know how to do no. to turn people heel. Well, no, I mean, AJ Styles is the only one who's susceptible to that, so... And I guess uh, Brock Lesnar. I guess Brock Lesnar is as well, but... <laughs> and Seth's the one who did that, so... That's true. That's the true. So I guess, there you go. There you go. Um, we got the women's Money in the Bank match. Natalia, Dana Brooke, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, Carmella. Glenn. Fuck, why would I have to start with this one? Um... Ah, uh, Mandy Rose. I, 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 like, I, I think there's a lot of good answers. I think there's a lot of good answers. I really I think that Mandy Rose is the best answer of the group. I think, and again, it, this depends on what you're doing with the men's match. And if I'm coming up with a storyline that I like the most of someone who's kind of lurking and makes the, the suitcase a character beyond what their character is, the briefcase, not the suitcase, um, I think Mandy Rose is the one. So Mandy Rose is my answer. Yeah, Mandy's the most classic. You know, you get the heel. She can do the most classic things with it. I just, you know, I go back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, and I think that the briefcase could fundamentally change and and deepen the Bailey character, and I really would like to see that. So I'm going to say Bailey wins that. That is also my pick. Bailey is my pick as well. Um, I told you guys my pick um, like weeks ago. Um, she deserves it. She's going to get a completely different style. With the briefcase this time because she's actually a babyface now, and I'm going with Carmella to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. All right, which leaves us one more match: the men's Money in the Bank. Randy Orton, Andrade, Finn Balor, Ali, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, and Sami Zayn. Oh, and I'm first. Um, I'd really like to see Sami win it after this, but I don't think that that's the plan. I, I assume Braun Strowman takes him out somewhere during the match. So uh, I'm going with Drew McIntyre here. I think he's the farthest along. I'd, I'd personally give it to Andrade. I think they see bigger things in Drew McIntyre, and they give him the briefcase here. I, man, th this one's tough for me because I'm trying to think of who's going to be the champion. 
So based on my picks, I think Kofi is going to be the champion and Seth Rollins is going to be champion. Both face champions. And you've got a, he, a, a ton of heels in this match. So I, I kind of think the same thing as you. Drew McIntyre is kind of the guy they want to push. They've also got this Baron Corbin thing going on, which you can tell they really like. I'm going to... I'm just going to pick Andrade because I would really like to see them kind of go out of left field. We've seen Corbin, McIntyre, and these guys being tossed into the main event for months now. I don't think it's gained a lot of traction. So I'd like to see someone else in the, in that picture. And I think Andrade and Kofi could be really cool. So I'm going to pick right. them. Uh, I'm going to also pick Andrade because I believe Braun Strowman is going to cost not only Sami Zayn, not only Baron Corbin. Oh, Drew was one of the people. That, You're that, right. That's a good point, yeah. You're right. Um, I think that Braun is going to cost all three of them, and I think that's going to leave the opening for Andrade to win the money in the bank. Phew. Um, reasonable. I, yep. I, you know, the other thing, too, is that, like, I'm struggling with the fact that I picked the heel to win the women's money in the bank, right? So if that's the case, they, they've they've done that before, though. I know, I know. I'm struggling with it. I'm just trying to to think through whether or not I think that it ends up playing out that way. Ah, I I just have this funny feeling that they they my answer is Baron Corbin. That's what I'm saying. Baron wow. Corbin's my answer. Yeah, I, I I was kind of feeling that too a little bit, but. Let's so because of all of this, that means Randy Orton wins, right? Obviously, of course. That obviously <laughs> means Orton, is Randy Orton in the match? Correct. It obviously means that Randy. Because that, that's wins. the other one I'm sitting there looking at. I'm like, oh man, like that's the like default winner to everything. If they don't know yes. what to do, like if they don't know what to do, just Randy Orton, you know, which is fine because Randy Orton's great, but you know. Mm. That seems to be the way that things work around here. I don't disagree but with that. I will that. be okay. happy to so lose do we, this whole do we bet if do, Zayn wins. Do we want to no, do? Do we want to do a? Will there be a cash in on Sunday night? Sure. We I can don't think there will be. Uh, yeah, I'm saying no. No cash. All right. Well, then that's boring because I was going to say no too. So <laughs> okay. Glad we did that. Then. That was enthralling. That was what <laughs> we got. All right. Well, I appreciate that. We flew through the pick segment, which I like. Um, Aaron, get uh, get some plugs in. Uh, I am on Twitter at BAOster, you, and we are on Twitter at Jobbing Out Show. You can email us at Show at gmail.com. Uh, find me in the Baltimore Sun and listen to my new show, uh, The Daily Line on NBC Sports Radio. I don't mean this. I'm not try, I'm, honestly, I need you to know I'm not trying to be a dick about this. Where do people hear that? Uh, there's a bunch of affiliates across the country. I don't know exactly which ones have it, but you can find it on NBCSportsRadio.com okay. or the NBC Scores app. All right, very good. I appreciate that. Um, all right, cool. So when we come back in, let's talk to TJP. Let's do that. Uh, for the winner of the uh, Cruiserweight Classic, the first Cruiserweight champion in the return of the Cruiserweight Championship belt, TJP joins us next. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron. He's Brandon. And he's the main event. AJ Francis, this is Jobbing Out. This is Ross Grimsley with a reminder to all my baseball friends out there that I'm now part of the Press Box Podcast team. Catch my take on the O's and whatever's going on in this great game of baseball. We'll also touch base with some of my old friends and teammates. Tune in every Tuesday morning or listen anytime at PressBoxOnline.com slash Ross Grimsley Show.
back in here for segment number three of Jobbing Out. The guys, a couple of guys had to duck out. Glenn Clark, Brandon Linton still hanging out with you for this segment. And I'm really excited about our next guest because, I, like, this guy, we've been watching wrestle for a long time, but he captured our hearts a couple years ago with one of the most amazing runs through the Cruiserweight Classic. And now he's coming to our neck of the woods you're going to be able to see him at ACW coming up on May 31st in a Hailthorpe at the American Legion for ACW's King of Maryland tournament. It's a pleasure to welcome TJP to Jobbing Out. TJ, it's Glenn and Brandon. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Well, thank you guys very much for having me. It's my pleasure. Dude, you have done so much in this business. Like, And I was thinking about everything that we needed to cover with you. I just the first thing that jumped out said, "What's your biggest pinch me moment that has occurred to you in your life in this industry?" Uh, um, let's see. Uh, I mean, there's there's been a few that were kind of special to me. I think um, uh, my my first trip to Japan, uh, I went to the Tokyo Dome. I was only eighteen and. <sighs> Um, New New Japan was like my that was always my ultimate bucket list. Like I obviously I grew up a WWE fan like like anybody or WWF you know at the time and um, and uh, but as I as I got into it and I got in at an early age like I was thirteen or so and so after a little while that it it wasn't really the top priority to me like of, of course it's sort of like your dream team you know. Um, but uh, but New Japan was always like the thing. Yeah. So for me, I, and I thought at the time, like without social media and stuff, because it was like 1998, 99, you know, and like, and there was no like, there's there wasn't a lot of information or like you couldn't make a plan to get to like <laughs> New Japan or anything like that. You know, it's not like how it is now. Now guys can easily kind of figure out how to set that as a goal because it's attainable. But at the time, it was like impossible like it just it either came up or it didn't and i always wanted new japan and cmll those are two huge ones for me and it just so happened the first place to really kind of give me a big break was new japan and um and i I went to the dome like my first uh tour and walking down the ramp that was uh, that was a pretty big like i haven't had a lot of moments like that but like that was one and uh then new japan sent me to cmll uh, later that year or a year later and um and i did the anniversary show in, in arena mexico and it was sold out we were one of like the co-main events uh they threw money in the ring after the match and huh. um that was a pretty big moment because arena mexico is like you know what if i had to say it's like that's like a top three like legendary venue um for wrestling and then uh and uh, and also my first tour, my second match ever was against Tiger Mask. So I thought that it was doesn't cool. suck. Yeah, right. <laughs> that doesn't <clears throat> suck, man. So so how does take me back to the dome for a second? How does that moment at eighteen compare to flash forward years later and wrestling like weekly in front of you know massive audiences on national international television? Do you still get the same goosebumps, or at that point are you like? Man, I went through that already. I wrestled at the Tokyo Dome, uh, wrestling in <laughs> Makungi or, you know, whatever these towns are that I'm going to week in and week out. It's just not going to be the same thing. I'm good now. Um, well, the the funny thing about that for me is, like, 
I'm not really wired to be like anxious. Like I, I never get nervous about stuff. I've just always been that way my whole life. Um, I have very few moments like, like that where it's like, oh, this is kind of a cool like pinch me moment. And I don't get really anxious about it. It's more just like special, like, wow, this is kind of cool. Like it's kind of like, it's more heartwarming than it is like anxiousness just because it's like, wow, this is, this is a special one. I didn't think I would get this, you know, that sort of thing. So like stuff like live TV or like pay-per-view, that, that type of thing has never, never really like registered with me. I mean, it's cool, but it's never like hit me like physically, like I've never been like anxious for that. It's just another day at the job. You're just in a different building and it's being filmed differently, I guess, you know. But I also had a lot of that experience with TNA when I was really young. When I was like 19, yeah. I was doing their pay-per-views and TVs and stuff. So so I did, like how you said, like I already kind of had that sort of seal broken for me. Um, and so like when I got to WWE, a lot of those guys, aside from myself and Spanky, that was like their first ever wrestling job. Right. So like for a lot of those guys, like they're sweating buckets and, and like behind the curtain and stuff. And then like fast forward a little bit. And, uh, you know, some of us are doing pay-per-views. Uh, a couple guys will do like, like Royal rumble, like in San Antonio, rich did that one with, uh, I think, uh, was it Pac and, uh, like Cedric and all were on like mania. But like, for me, I was like, well, I've I've done stadium shows. And stuff. so like, I was like, this is, I was, I was more so happy for them. Like, like this is going to be a cool moment. Enjoy it. Because like, for me, I was like, okay, well, I know what it was like when I did that the first time, like in different places. Um, I got, I did a cool show one time with M dog in Paris at, uh, Stade de France. It's like their soccer stadium. Oh, wow. And it was 75,000 people. Cause it was co-promoted with a rugby game. And we had the show. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We had the show standalone by itself. And then the rugby game followed us. And the stadium was already sold out and packed for our show. So it was crazy. Like we had this like mini, like five match, like WrestleMania type event. And, and I was like, I don't know, even if I, I remember thinking, even if I go to WWE someday, I don't know if I'll ever beat 75,000. That's a lot. Like, <clears throat> so, um, so I mean, I've had a few experiences like that, but I just am not really wired to get super amped up about things. So give me the, you know, as much as we say, you know, you're not super amped up, I, I think about, for what it meant for you, one thing, but the embarrassment of talent that you guys had together for the Cruiserweight Classic, and the fact that in the course of, a, like, that stretch of time, you recorded wins over Johnny Gargano, and Rich Swan and Grand Matalik, and Fred Yehi, and... You know, just some fella named Kota Ibushi, who I hear is okay. <laughs> oh, that little guy. Yeah. yeah, that little that little fella. Yeah, what's what's he ever done? Like, do, again, I know for your career it was probably an amazing thing personally, but just to think about the absurd amount of talent and what you were able to do against that absurd amount of talent, was it as special to you as we, all of us nerds, would like to think it was? Like, and as special as it was for us to watch. Well, it, it was really special. I think for me, it was just special, maybe for like different reasons. Like I didn't, I didn't really think about at that time. I hadn't really even like WWE wasn't even a goal for me. So I kind of thought 
you know, I'll, I'll do this thing. It's going to be a special event. I knew, I knew going in that this is probably going to be like the J cup for this generation of fans. So I was like, I, I need to be part of this. It's special, but I kind of thought, well, I'll contribute. I'll do a match or something. And then I'm probably going to be done with it. Like, you know, they got a lot of good guys they are probably looking at. And I had wanted to do other things anyway. I wanted to go back to Japan, Mexico and stuff like that. And, uh, it was special to me, well, one, it's special because, like, representing my community became a huge goal of mine. It still is. It's probably yeah. paramount, probably for the rest of my life. And to be able to have won a major title and kind of carved a moment in WWE history that will be forever uh, linked to Filipinos is, like, that's huge for me. Like, yeah. Um, so that that made it special. But the other thing that was special for me, just I guess as like on the professional side of it is, um, you know, I was able to tell all these different stories with each guy. And um, and every every match had, had great stories and stuff, and everybody had killer matches. Everybody in the tournament was awesome. Um, but it was special to me that, like, I, I was able to show my versatility and kind of be there for it. Like, some of those stories were to help elevate other people. Um you know, like I kind of helped spark the like three year long feud between uh, Champa and Gargano. Right? That was kind of cool to be part of that and to kind of be a building block and what they were able to accomplish later. Um, you know, Rich Swan and all these things, all these different stories that I told. And then in the finals, um, you know, all two almost half hour matches with guys that have massive language barriers and style barriers and I had to do it 10 minutes apart from each other <laughs> um <laughs> like that I basically wrestled an hour straight with two different guys uh with just like a short 10 minute break in between um that that was pretty cool moment for me just as a wrestler because it's like it felt a little bit validating that maybe I am like pretty okay at this but i mean the wealth of talent was obviously incredible you know i was i felt really lucky and blessed to be part of part of such a great group didn't rich swan basically get his job from the your match that you had with him wasn't that the match that they came out and i, I, oh, I maybe no, i'm remembering the, the wrong match but you, um i mean a lot of, of these uh, guys Kendrick. got jobs from these matches right like i mean it's uh, pretty I mean, incredible yeah, you didn't go guys, in knowing that at the guys, time but yeah a lot of guys did um but i think you're thinking of cedric oh you're uh, right he had a you're great, right he had yeah. a great match uh early on and they, they with really kendrick or, or was it with uh kota abushi i think yeah when it was with kota yeah 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 Still, this is, I mean, I, I, you know, what you're talking about and just, you know, the matches, the quality of the matches and how many guys put on great matches, like, did it almost become competitive with you guys? Like, I, I'll hear stories like this from guys that we're friends with that you go in having a plan to do something and then you start, like, seeing what other guys are doing and sometimes you say, maybe we need to raise this. Like, did, did, was there any element of that? Because uh, you're right, the matches in that event were un godly unbelievable and, and in a lot of ways sort of made the WWE network at that point we're like if you're doing things like this we'll give you as much money as you possibly want <laughs> um, I mean there wasn't like inherently direct uh, competition as far as I saw but I sort of tuned that stuff out like I, I, I just I want to work for the match and work for the betterment of the group and, and 
and that's really all I think about. I, I kind of tune out all the other social stuff. Um, but I like going forward, there was a lot of like kind of competitiveness, but like not directly. So it was kind of like passive aggressive behavior. Like the, the cruiserweight locker room kind of like kind of ate itself a little bit, like going into two or five live and getting out of that because guys, uh, you know, I, I think it's just cause a lot of guys, it's their first time in that position. So they kind of didn't know how to handle that. Okay. Um, but I do remember, like, like I won the title. I came back to an empty locker room, and no, nobody wanted to stick around because I think a lot of people were mad that they they weren't in that spot. Wow. Um, mm. But that's that's why I made it a point to like whenever they would say like like the promo afterwards, they didn't script it. They said say whatever you want to say, and I, I tried to make it a point not to talk about like my culture, my family, or my career. I wanted to make a point to say, listen, this is like thirty-two guys, and they're all they all should be here. And, you know, I'm just one of many that made this happen because I didn't want them to feel alienated. But yeah, but yeah it's, I, <laughs> I came it, back to an empty locker room. It, it, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like, I, I you know, it, it, it comes off sort of dickish, from, but it also is like, I think speaks to for everybody that, you know, says, well, like wrestling scripted, whatever you want to call it. Like, there's still also like humans that are competing. Like, it's still a thing and it involves emotions and belief that. You're like I'm sure you watch sometimes, and you're like, "Yeah, that guy's getting time on television. I know I'm better than that dude, right?" Like, and it's got to be a difficult thing for everybody involved in the business because, like, you you believe in yourself and you know you're good. You know, other, like, it, I, I can only imagine how difficult of a line that is as a competitor versus a guy who's you know doing a job with a script that's given to them. I mean. It is and it isn't. I think it just depends on the way you're wired. Uh, me in particular, like, yeah, I've been doing this like almost 21 years. Right. Like, I, 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 I have enough confidence to know like how good I am, or at least how good I think I am. <laughs> um, like, there, it, on one hand, I've never sat in a locker room where I looked across and thought, uh, like, the guy across the ring from me or the guy across the locker from me is better than me. I've never thought that. But I've also never treated them like that either, because I think that's very important. Like you can have that confidence because you know what you've learned and you know what you've been through, you know what you can do. But if you don't channel that positively, then I think that's really the key. Because like, yeah, like yeah, I have confidence, but I have confidence in knowing that we're gonna do good magic together, no matter what. That's cool. So, like, I won't let the other guy down. That's how I channel my confidence. Is no matter what happens, I won't let anybody down. Um, other guys think of it like they're so good that they should replace other people, and I think that's what makes it unhealthy. Go to AdrenalineWrestling.com right now to get your tickets for the Reggie Rivers King of Maryland tournament Friday, May 31st. It's not just TJP that'll be there, but perhaps you've heard of the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. He'll be there. Some fella, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, is going to be there, and Virgil's going to be there. And as you know, you never know what that means when Virgil shows up in an event. So it's going to be a wild night in Hailthorpe. Again, right by the airport, you uh, can go to AdrenalineWrestling.com right now to get your tickets. TJP is with us. So, TJ, now at this point in your career, you've done like the big company thing, a bunch of different companies, right? You certainly have done all sorts of things on the independent scene. What do the goals become when you find yourself now in this position again where you can set your schedule and make your decisions is it, I just sort of want to be my own guy for a while and I want to make that, you know, do every weekend where I want to be? Is it, hey, look, there's this other company that exists now and 
I wouldn't mind doing that thing for a little while. Like, what? Where? Where does it go? Like, goal wise for you? Well, you know, I, I haven't. Uh, God, it's been ten years, maybe, since I've uh, really just been free and on the indies and stuff. So part of this is just learning how to be a wrestler all over again, to be honest, because it's way different than it was in like 2010 and 11. Um, you know, cause from there I went into Lucha Libre USA. I was there for a few seasons and I went to Ring of Honor for a couple of years and TNA for a few years and obviously WWE the last uh, three years. And so it's been a while since I've had this type of freedom. And a lot of it really is just, I just want to have fun. And that's really all it is, is just, I just want to be happy. Um, and that was really the goal before I went to WWE, too. That's part of the reason why it wasn't necessarily a priority at the time. It sort of fell on my lap. Um, and uh, and I enjoyed my time there, but um, with the freedom I have now, it's really just, my goal is just to have fun. Because everything that I ever wanted to do, I checked off my bucket list when I was like 21. Like, I had already done some WWE dark matches. I'd been to New Japan and Mexico and lived in all these different countries. And so ever since then, it's, there's never been a bucket list. Like I need to win this title. I need to do this or that. It's really just, I wanted to make a living and support my family and, and have fun. Doesn't, that doesn't suck, man. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's all right. Like that's a pretty all right goal to have. <laughs> I mean, I sort of see like, and, I, and this isn't me comparing myself to, to him or these guys, but it, like maybe now I'm getting older and I, I sort of get it when I look at them. Like I look at guys like say like the rock or like Ray, you know, they'll go off on their own for a while and just do their own thing. And they, and they will have all these things that they do that isn't even necessarily wrestling. They, they'll make movies, they'll write stuff, they'll create stuff, they'll make merchandise. They'll do all kinds of different stuff that they enjoy that fulfills them. And I'm not them, but I get that because now it's like, as far as wrestling, there's not really anything for me to accomplish that's like, man, I'm missing that. Because like I've, I've done a lot of cool stuff. I've been really blessed. Like God really gave me a great like opportunity to do a lot of stuff. So now I just kind of see what other guys do, and I'm like, now I get it. Now I'm a little older, and it's like I get it. I, I could I could write these horror movies that I'm working on. I could make this merchandise line, start a clothing line. I could do all these different things. And maybe like now's the right time. So I just, you know, just want to have fun. What about like writing a video game? What about like making a game? <laughs> what about that? I've thought about that. Um, uh, I I know some of the developers like through like 2K, and I've met some of uh, people from from other like companies that are plugged into stuff like that. So stuff like that has been on the horizon. Um, a comic book project with my friend I've been working on for gosh like three or four years now. Um, he's an animator, um, and like I said, I'm writing two horror movie shorts. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm interested in, like I guess pop culture-wise or like on a personal level that I've finally been able to kind of work on because I didn't really have the chance to do it before. It's cool, man. It's really cool to hear you say that. He is TJP. He's with us here on Jobbing Out. Um, okay, we always like to give this question. You get... Any right now, somebody says you get one more match. That's the way this works, right? You get one okay. more match. You tell me where it is, not not like you know promotion, but like where in the world it is, and against who, and with the only caveat being it's a living person, right? Like you can't do the bit where you're like, I wanted it to be against you know Randy Savage. Like it's got to be somebody that's alive right, today. Right. You get to make your call. 
location, opponent, who, and where? Oh, man. That is a really tough one. Um, I might have to say Ray in Tokyo. That, that, wow. Yeah, that would be okay. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I want to say Mexico, like Mexico City, but um, and, and I, personally, that's my favorite wrestling culture and region. Like, I, I just, I love Lucha Libre. It's in my heart. Like, it. You ask me any time in my career, like CMLL or WWE, and it's CMLL wins every time. But like, um, uh, but I just feel like the type of pace, and this is sort of like. Maybe I'm going into like, like professional jargon, I guess. But nah. the, the pa- I think I think the pacing we have and the uh, the approach that we have at, at like where we both are, like I feel like Tokyo would be a great place to do it. Um, like the dome, or, or even like Ryogoku or something like that. I just I feel like it, it would be like a great spot to do it. That the way the fans are there now. And they're a little bit less like stuffy than they were like in the past. I just think that'd be that'd be an awesome one to do. I was gonna ask because like I remember like seeing a lot of crowds that were like just sort of sitting and watching over the years in in Japan, and like yeah. w- you know we think of American fans that you know like we if we're sitting it's because we're completely checked out right like we are right. you know like we're we're insane. Can you explain that to me? The differences in the Japanese crowd and why maybe what we see isn't what we think it is because we just don't understand like that fan and what they're into as they're watching it. Well, some of it is really not different at all. Um, a lot of it sometimes they'll be quiet just because they really are, you know, a little bit snarky and like they're kind of, you know, above it as, as a viewer, you know, same as you would see in America. Um, sometimes I remember doing tours in like, and when we would be like in Tokyo, because it's, it's a big city and it'd be kind of a trendy wrestling crowd. And, and a lot of the guys would be like, man, I hate Tokyo crowds. And it'd be because of that. Uh, and some of that you can kind of see validated by, like, if you go back to like the seventies and you see like the events with like Inoki and like, say like dynamite and tiger mask around that era, um, Fujinami, um, man, those crowds are wild. Like they were jumping and screaming and they were loud the whole time. And so it's not totally a culture thing. Okay. Some of it is. Some of it is, some of it isn't. So some some of the time they do watch and view it intently, kind of like we would watch a tennis match or like golf. Um, so some of it is like that. But sometimes they really are just kind of checked out like an American crowd. And now you're starting to see them be a little bit more loose and I guess maybe westernized because they'll they'll really openly enjoy stuff that, that they uh, enjoy. And some of that culture barrier is starting to like cool. meld together a little bit. You had mentioned you want to, uh, you know, Ray Mysterio was kind of like that opponent that you uh, would really want to face if, if, if you had one last match. Um, you know, he kind of came back, he crossed paths a little bit, maybe. Uh, did you get a chance to interact with him at all? Or I, I know that one of the, one of the big complaints that Glenn and I, always had about the uh the cruiserweight divisions we always wanted the cruiserweight talent to interact more with the rest of the talent on the roster and right, i think right. you know obviously ray versus tjp is a match all of us would have loved to see jesus um, christ it wouldn't have yeah. sucked oh 
Um, yeah, I knew Ray a little bit over the years. We wrestled one time in Tijuana. Uh, it wow. was actually, I think his, I think that was other than the one AAA show he did when he first first got out of WWE. It, that was like his first match outside of WWE. It was a tag match that we were in on opposite sides. Um, and I had met him a few times over the years. I met him even in WWE. I'd come in for like dark matches and stuff. And I, I so I kind of knew him a little bit. And and like I know his son a little bit. Um, so we we would talk every single week. Like when he came back, and we would sometimes we would joke and like kind of want to be like trying to time like well, man, I, I hope we get a chance to do a match. Just like we didn't know logistically how it would work because you know like. I, they were trying to find a spot on a different show for me, and I don't think it was necessarily for SmackDown. Like it was more, maybe more for like Raw, and we didn't know like what Ray's schedule was going to be like and stuff. So, but you know, I'd talk to him a little bit, and uh, I don't know. I just for me, it's not necessarily that he's such a like bucket list guy for me. He is. He's a legend. You know, I think he's like, you know, especially in terms of Mexican wrestling. Yeah. He's. I think he's the greatest of all time now. I think. For a certain amount of time, you you kind of have to go Santo and Mill. But at this point, like like how does Ray, how do you not put Ray on that rush for or even ahead of those guys? Um, but uh, but I think it's just because he represents a generation that I grew up with. Like that, his generation yeah. like created me. So he's like one of the last guys from that generation. Like I would see. Malenko and so he was a producer you know the time that I was there so I'd see him all the time but he wasn't wrestling anymore and I would see Jericho but you know he was gone after a while so like Ray was like for me it was like man this is like this would be the match because this is like the last of the guys from that time and and it's incredible the shape that he came back in and the matches that he's having right now it's it's unbelievable Thank that nutrition solutions, man. <laughs> man, it's like you just look at him. You're like, dude, is he 24? Like, holy hell, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, TJ, I know we're gonna need to let you go in here in a minute. I want to knock out a couple things just because you brought him up. Uh, like, you know, what do you know of Dominic as a, a wrestler? I don't know much about him as a wrestler. And I think we're all assuming we're about to see a lot more of him as a wrestler. <laughs> what can you tell us about him as a wrestler? Well, he's for one, he's big. He's not. He's not like his dad. He's really tall. Um, so. He, when he's ready to go, he's probably going to be, you know, a heavyweight type of guy. But it's, I, stylistically, you might want to compare him to like how, like Umberto Carrillo is right now. Okay. He's kind of a taller guy, but he's he's able to do a lot of the more athletic stuff. For fans of Mexican wrestling, I might say like like Tien Eblas or something like that. Okay. Like he's, he's tall. Like he, he's, you know, six foot or better probably. Um but like he can do the six one nine, he can you know nip up and do all kinds of athletic stuff. Uh, he can do that that Eddie Senton that that I do that I kind of borrowed. Um, so he's just more so learning how to put it all together now. And he travels to a lot of the shows, so he gets this like up close education, kind of seeing the operation from the other side of the curtain. So he's going to have a really good you know sense of composure about himself when he really gets going because he's been able to experience it for Zan. And then only because Brandon brought it up, are, are we, like, I, dude, I, okay, so here's the thing, we're friendly with Rich, right? He's a Baltimore guy and mm. we've been friends with him. I remember hanging out backstage the night, whichever pay-per-view it was, it was him and Sasha against Alicia and Noam, if I remember correctly. And I remember, like, wow. the 
feeling so much juice towards what that was all about. And we talked on the show, and Brandon alluded to it, like, why wouldn't you constantly be doing that type of stuff? Like, why wouldn't there be constant interaction between the, the 205 Live roster and the main roster? Because it just gives so much juice to everybody when you're doing stuff like that. Are we crazy? Is it like, no, this is, you're supposed no, to... No, no, no. <laughs> Not at all. I think integration is something that we, I mean, personally, I think that that's what it should have been the whole time. Um, you know, being able to spread us out around Raw, SmackDown, and even NXT, the same way that the cruiser rates in WCW were that you'd yeah. see them on Thunder, you'd see them on Nitro, you'd see them on pay-per-views. Um, and they didn't always have to all be on one show or, or anything like that. And every now and then they could be doing matches mixed in with other people. And uh, I always thought that that would have been better. Uh, the first couple guys to do non-cruiser matches were me and Cedric, because Cedric was doing stuff with Bobby Roode. Oh, right. NXT. Right, and then um, they had me doing showcase matches with Andrade, and and like oh, wow. the, the one uh, main event with Nakamura before he got called up, and uh, and people loved that stuff, and I, it just never led to anything after that, you know. And then Lucha House Party found a spot on Raw, and I don't think they deserve enough credit for that. They're really the first guys to break through. Um, you know, the Bollywood Boys found a role on Raw. Um, Drake Maverick, obviously, he's not really like an active wrestler, but he right. had, you know, a role on Raw. Leo Rush, same thing. Um, and so I think these guys really deserve all the credit as far as being the first guys to kind of break out. But yeah, I mean, when Cedric and I were doing those matches, I mean, the feedback from fans was always really good. And, you know, just like you guys were all kind of puzzled as to why they wouldn't want to do more of that. Dude. Well, a, a couple weeks ago, they uh, they did the whole superstar shakeup thing, and Cedric had an amazing match with Cesaro. Cedric's amazing, Raw. right? Like, of course, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Like, and, why? And and then they followed up by putting him on main event, which is <laughs> right. right. Like, we we, were, we saw yeah. that. We we're like, holy shit, we're finally getting the thing that we wanted, right? And then we didn't get. And, and I'm super, <laughs> I'm super bitter that I never got to see you and Shinsuke because holy crap, like that act, like just the, just you saying that, I'm like, oh my god, that must have been so what, good. Was it on NXT? Yeah, I, 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 I found NXT, a video of. of uh, yeah, it was NXT TV main event well, from a couple years back. Well, I can't remember. But I don't was, know how I missed that. that he, <laughs> I'm. Yeah, it was. There, I remember I was at SmackDown and they, they said, look, uh, I, I showed up and immediately they're like, you got to go right back to the airport because we're going to fly you to, to Orlando. You got to do this uh, showcase match with Nakamura. And so it's like, all right, that's cool. And I went, we did it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, I think a lot of people think it was one of Nakamura's better matches because I tried to not box him into like the style that he's kind of had to do there. Um, and uh but yeah it was a lot and and nakamura and i go go way back we were in the same like young boy class in new japan so you know i've known him for a long time well i know how i'm gonna spend my evening tonight i know what i'm doing tonight <laughs> because i have no idea how i missed this match and i cannot <laughs> wait to go back and watch it um dude we can't wait to, to have you in town let's get the plugs in i know you mentioned you're doing some merchandise stuff um what what all can we plug for you and what you're up to right now well, uh, all information can pretty much be found on my socials. Uh, I only have a Twitter and an Instagram. It's on at uh, MegaTJP for both of them. Um, I just started a merch line, which is more like a streetwear line. It's not necessarily completely wrestling merch. It's just uh, something I, I wanted to do for a while, and that's called. I started under the name Detonation Kick. Um, so you can find that under the socials at Detonation Kick, and then. Uh, 
pretty much all information for everything can be found on my website that I just launched. It's uh, detonationkick.com. You can find my tour dates. I have like 55 shows between now and October. Um, and you can find all wow. the, the dates and cities and promotions there. And then uh, the online shop for Detonation Kick uh, is available there. Um, and uh, any information on upcoming stuff, I have a high fashion, like a high-end clothing line that's coming out that will be separate from Detonation Kick. And uh, you can find that on my socials when it comes up. And then uh, any of my projects that I'm working on, same thing. I'll just uh, be on my socials or on the website. That's awesome. And again, go to AdrenalineWrestling.com right now to get your tickets for May 31st. Dude, really love the conversation. Uh, thank you for taking the time for us, man. I, you know, it's really cool. Like, we, you know, a lot of guys, when they're in that spot, like they're coming out of WWE, we're like, well, best of luck. And, like, I don't feel that way at all for you, where I'm like, I know that you're kicking ass because you can do it anywhere in the world. So um, <laughs> can't, can't, wait to see, can't wait to see what's up for you, and thank you for taking the time for us. Thanks very much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks again to TJP for hopping on with us. Appreciate him doing that. Check him out at ACW. All right, back in here, Glenn, Brandon, and AJ. Uh, boys, some things we haven't had an opportunity to chat about yet this week that we need to. Um, I'll start before we get to the AEW thing. Completely forgot to bring up uh, Bray Wyatt in our first segment. That is amazing. Um, I, I, I am – look, I'll say all the same things that I've said the entire time. I still assume that at some point it ends up being fucked up, but, like, I'm still thumbs up with it. I'm still <laughs> thumbs up with it straight through right now. Like, everything to me has worked. I thought it was maybe a little quick, right? Like, I think that you could have had another month or so before you had to go this route. Like, I, you know, we had talked about the idea of bringing them out in the arena, uh, doing the Firefly Funhouse live. Like, I think there are things that you could have done before you turned it, but... I'm fine with it. Um, I, I don't. I still don't think they. I still think they could still do that. I mean, they could still yeah, pitch this as like that. a multiple he, personality thing. You know, that's exactly what he's going for. And he's yeah. like, it's basically like the cooler version of corporate Kane versus Demon Kane. Now wait a yeah. second. <laughs> if you're gonna fucking say the corporate Kane versus Demon Kane wasn't cool as shit, then we're gonna have problems. No, no, that no. man wrestled in slacks. Corporate Kane was. Demon Kane was amazing, right. but this yes. is the next evolution of psychosis in that. Um, and at least he skipped the step of Drunk Dad Kane, where he came out in the wife beater. I forgot about Drunk Dad Kane. I actually forgot all about that. Um, so, right. So your suggestion is they could still just, like, next week he could just do another Firefly Funhouse segment and sort of continue to tease for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he even said in the segment, like, he figured. He does agree. I agree. He looks like a legit monster. Like, he looks like a fucking crazy person. And you know why? He's on the Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Oh, Hill yeah, he Shout is. out John. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. I, I remember you actually, first of all, AJ actually tipped us off to this coming. Uh, he told us uh, WrestleMania weekend that this was where this was headed, is that he was ultimately going to be a masked character. Um, well, they, they, they said there was uh, something online about a mask that was being developed or whatever, like uh, a while ago. Okay, I hadn't heard that. So, yeah, and then AJ didn't tip us off to shit. You're an asshole. Um, <laughs> I actually did, but Brandon wants to just take away my credit. <laughs> Brandon's an asshole. You're both assholes. Well, the, the reason I saw is because it was the Slipknot guy that was making the mask, and somehow that got out. Wait, Corey Taylor? The guy who makes a Slipknot mask? Oh, the, makes the masks for Slipknot. Okay. Yes, I thought, made his. I thought you meant like the guy from Slipknot made the mask. No, like, no, 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 no. Like the same guy who, like the artist they use or whatever okay. to do their stuff did this. Okay. Apparently. All right. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah. 
look, I'm I'm with it. I'm still with it. Again, it's like everything else. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It looks like a fucking horror movie, and that's cool as shit. Like, you know what the mask is from? Uh, no. Wow, I thought you guys were comic book nerds like me. No. The secret origin of Bray, Bray's mask. What is it? Just tell me. It's from the comic book Death of the Family. I've never even uh, heard of that. Yeah, everyone knows that. Well, you should. It's one of the big, greatest Batman comics of all time. Basically, in a story leading up to it, Joker literally loses his mind and he loses a fight and gets his face cut off. And then he finds his face and like staples it back to him. But his his like the front of his face, but you can still see that his face has literally been cut off. So like he does a play on that with this new mask, and it looks exactly like the comic book picture. Holy shit! By the way, I did not I, when when AJ and I were on our little date in New York that day. He like taught me a lot about comic books that I had no idea about. It was I read a lot. Yeah, right. I had no idea that you were so that that. that I don't read in. books with words. That's stupid. But I read <laughs> books with pictures all the time. Um. Anyway, yeah. Look, I, I love it. Uh, we will see. As always, I you know everybody's gonna continue to say let's let's see what happens when he gets into a ring. Let's see where they go with it. And at some point, do they fuck it up because they fucked up other things? Of course, of course, that conversation will still exist. But right now. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. It looks great. I'm on board. I'm completely on board. Yowie, wowie. I, I, I'm going to find myself doing I've got to remember to work it into a play-by-play thing at some point. I absolutely have to remember to do that. Do um, the demon version. The yowie, wowie. <laughs> yowie, wowie. Now, if he comes out and they start doing that, see, that that's where it could go south. If like they start doing the Shockmaster voice thing over over him his voice live, it could. If they start trying to do shit like that, it's gonna get stupid. But let's hope they don't. Um, I hope so too. But uh, yeah, I got I like got the the voice in the vignette is fine. The voice in the ring wrestling not fine. <laughs> uh, by the way, I just, for uh, apropos of nothing, and it's completely unrelated to our topic. Uh, I just saw Casey Lennox shared a picture earlier today from her appearance oh. at uh, Sausage Castle, and I just want you to know, AJ, I hate you. I just, <laughs> I just want you to know. I, I just so you know, booked her again on June fifteenth. Well, that just put it over the top. <laughs> gonna head the old Southwest.com, and gonna. I got some points too, so I will be. Uh, my God, I have. I points have too. I have a real problem with Kate. You know what, too? I, she's probably going to end up having... I, I started doing the bit where I like like every picture she posts on Twitter. Yikes. Like, I've got a problem. I've got a real it's problem. It's okay to man. be in love, bro. Ah, oh, it is. Anyway, um, uh, before we get to the AEW stuff, one more uh, thing that we have to deal with this week from WWE. Uh, there's a Lars Sullivan problem. Yeah, that was bad news bears. Yeah, it ain't great. <laughs> It ain't. Guys, wait, real quick, before we get into what happened, was he on SmackDown this week? Uh, I don't remember I seeing him on SmackDown, no. Because I just wonder if this is affecting his... I didn't see SmackDown, so I didn't know if this is affecting his on-screen character, but essentially they caught I him. I got a feeling they're going to make sure that they try to avoid this affecting his on-screen character in any way possible. No, I mean like he wasn't on the show. Is what I mean. I don't oh. mean they like incorporate it into it. I just mean I like, like, I, like I, I meant it was. Did he get shit? 
what, did he get defeated all of a sudden, or did he get kicked off the show for a week or whatever? As, as sort of I, what I, I, I want to remind everyone, I've watched all four shows in four days, so I've got to go back and, and check because I did watch SmackDown. In fact, I watched it today, but I've already I don't remember seeing Lars on SmackDown, but he was on last week, right? Correct, and that's why. Week- I think the this I think my answer is no, he wasn't on SmackDown, but I'm just trying to double check that. Right. Okay. Cause he beat up the Hardys last week right. and then I remember that. Right. Look, um it's bad. Matt Hardy and R Truth, I should say. It it's 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 really fucking bad. And part of the problem not what you want. Right. Part of the problem. This isn't just. This isn't just. I mean, we've had people have these problems with past racist comments. This is like racist, sexist, anti, you know, I don't know, religious. I don't no, know. No, he's an asshole. Yeah, I yeah. like. Here's what I would say too. Like, uh, Brandon, I, I know you know. I, you're a big. You're a Lacey Evans person. When we bring up the Lacey Evans story, there's enough gray area. And we we talked about it with Effie, and Effie was like, "Look." I'm willing to believe that Lacey Evans is a better person than she was four years ago. And I, I, you know, I don't think that I I don't want an apology. You know, like I I do think that there are places where people can grow up and become better people and have terrible backgrounds. And it doesn't mean that anything they did was okay or acceptable or should just simply be forgotten altogether, but that we can say people are capable of changing and improving as human beings. I'm willing to believe that. Not everyone. Not I'll make that very clear too, AJ. I'm not saying that everyone is like that. I think that it is possible, and maybe I should maybe I should even differentiate that. I think it's when we bring up things that people said when they were kids. Yes, I am willing to believe that from the time you're 15 to the time that you're 25, you can genuinely change as a person. I agree. I would. This feels a little bit more problematic. Correct. Correct. Uh, by the way, yeah, they just aired a. Oh, you know what? I do remember this now. I did. So he did appear. They aired a uh, a promo for Lars, and then uh, Caleb Braxton went to interview him, but he didn't say anything. So he was on the show, but he didn't say anything. So hmm. that's that's. I don't I don't know what to make of that, and if that's related to it. Um. But the thing I keep saying is these mega multi-million dollar companies that hire people without having someone whose job it is to go back and search these things. But the thing is, they are doing that. They're doing that to me right now. Then how do they not find this? Because it was just like, that's like so obscure. It's like, yeah, the, the, because it was on a know, message board. supposed to know that? He was posted on a random right, message board fucking six fair. years ago. So you're well, saying, I guess Glenn's point is if some nerd on Reddit can find it, then I, why can't I was, their nerds find that it? That would sort of be what I would say. Is And I'm not talking about this for everybody. But the, the, the nerd on Reddit only found it after he's been working with a company over a year, and then he finally gets on TV, and then now he wants to go back and find it. Like... If it was so easy to be found, it would have been found when they when he first saw. But they found it the minute that his promos for the main roster started. So it was very tar. Like they might have known for a while, and they just waited to make the most impact. Yeah, I mean, people do this stuff all the time, you know. With, and with it's other a, right, and it's a bigger problem too. We we saw this last year at the Major League Baseball All Star Game where Josh Hader, like you know, has is having this monster first half of the season. And somebody clearly was sitting on this and waiting purposely for when he got into the All-Star game and then started unloading his old tweets 
and sharing them to the point where like literally they made his family go change their jerseys because they were going to be harassed on the way out of the stadium. Um, right. So, like, there, there's... I, look, man, I think Lars Sullivan appears to be a really bad person. And I, I'm, I'd be really uncomfortable right now with any scenario where you're really investing in Lars Sullivan. Like, I get it. He's a heel, so, like, you know, not a problem that people are booing him. But as a company... Go away, Heat! Yeah. But By the way, by the way, no wonder he had so much anxiety to debut. Well, <gasps> you know, it's funny. Like, you say that, but you wonder. Like, did... Man, I, I don't want to. This had to have something to do with it. I don't. It's it's tough. Like I don't want to speculate on people's medical issues. That's probably inappropriate for us to do. But I get it. I get what you're saying, which is, if you know this stuff is out there, and you're sweating out when it's going to be found and what it's going to mean to you, sure. Like I'd probably be fucking losing my shit too. I'd probably not be able to sleep. I'd probably be panicked as well if that were the case. But I don't feel sorry for you if that's the case. Like you fucking did this to yourself, asshole. Um, yeah, and I did before, by the way. And now I'm kind of like, oh, I wonder if this had something to do. Like, I felt bad for the guy. I was like, right. finally gets a big push. He has all the social anxiety or whatever, you know. Well, um, anyway. I, look, he's, I, I think that the, it's one thing for them to say, hey, we're going to send him to some classes and we're going to find him. Like, he's kind of always going to be this guy. And... As a company to sign yourself up for and to say, "Hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna put our name behind someone who's kind of clearly this guy." That's a tough thing to do, bro. That's a really tough thing to do, and I, I'm not the type that calls for people to be fired. But but here's the thing, though: the reason why he's not gonna get fired for that is because the reason why he was able to post that on that website and do all the stuff they did is because there's other people that agree with him. of course it's the it's the thing that i i the bit that i do where i say we don't hold if we can't hold the president of the united states to certain standards how can we hold a wwe wrestler to such a standard i mean that's where we're at that's where we're at that's the reality of it um, all right. Uh, also this week, uh, uh, Brandon brought up the upfronts earlier, and uh, Turner had their upfront as well. And at their upfront, they announced, without giving nearly as many details as I would have liked, um, they announced that AEW is going to air on TNT. And they announced it in a super weird way, where they like, announced there would be live matches every week, right? Which would insinuate the idea of them doing live shows every week. But they didn't say live shows. They said live matches, which is a really bizarre, like, kind of I way think of. You might be thinking too much into it. No, they haven't said anything about touring. So I, my question is does that mean they're going to have a studio somewhere? They're going to do whatever yeah, it is from that studio, and that's what this is going to be? The articles are saying show. That's not... Read the press release. I know. I read that. But I'm saying the, everything that's being written about it is Because I think a lot of people... All Elite Wrestling and Turner have agreed to air a weekly AEW television show to air on TNT. Right. They're, because they're being lazy and they're just rewriting something without actually reading it. Um, and you can do a television show from a studio, right? Like it, That's what most right. people do their television shows from. But there's a big difference between going out and doing AEW on a Tuesday night in Denver 
or saying, hey, we got a studio and 100 people can be there in Jacksonville on I will say this. The reaction to this is so over the top and insane. Like, this is this was not that great of an announcement, in my opinion. Um, you're saying that they're going to be on TNT. Okay, great. From what I, We don't know this, and I don't claim to know any parts of the deals, but from what I've been reading up to this deal happening was that they were paying for the time. This isn't the same as WWE, right. where WWE is getting paid to license their content to Fox. They are paying TNT to be on their like old school wrestling days and they sell their own advertising. So, so that is not so good. They, the they did they did comment on that at one point and say it will not be a straight broker deal. There has been suggestion that it will be sort of a split agreement where right. where no, we're not going to pay you, but you don't also have to pay us and we can still profit off of your show. Um right. still which, not good. It's not and good, you're, but it, you're on a C list uh, media company. Well, I, like, I disagree you with you're on the same network that the NBA like playoffs are on. That's okay. That's but a big deal. Compare it to what WWE has. You've got Fox now, which is the well, it's, biggest. It's not Fox. That yeah. any wrestling program has ever been on. This isn't even USA Network, which is part of the NBC Universal family. This is C. I I will I'm gonna dis- I'm, I'm gonna disagree with that for two reasons. They have really invested in their sports programming between the okay. end, between Wait, the NBA other than that the NBA playoffs and the the Champions March League Madness. and soccer and yes March Madness they're like major major so I guess profile they're tied into CBS right and, no they're in all, some way it, it for specific program they're tied into Bleacher Report and Turner and Time Warner own Bleacher Report and Bleacher Wonderful. Report which is not my thing at all I don't care for Bleacher Report but they have made a serious sports media investment. Like the PGA Championship the next two days is on TNT. Like they are all in on live sports. And so I'm going to disagree with you about TNT for that reason. I'm not saying the TNT you're not telling you're, you're telling me that's equal with USA and what and, and the family of networks that USA is a part of. Well, I think if you were on NBC, it'd be different. But as far as being on NBC, uh, like being on USA versus being on TNT, I think being on TNT right now is a really big fucking deal. But what um, you have, what, what 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 that network of of being on USA is being part of NBC Universal, right? And so you're saying that they can promote you on their Correct. NBC program, and, 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 yes. and they by the way. The article that I read after the Fox upfront said that they have stepped up, or it, actually, it was the Variety article on Vince McMahon. Um, he's on the cover of yeah, Variety currently. Yeah, that's correct. And and um, they said that NBC did step up and did offer equal to promotion that Fox has given them, and that they have. You know, they, can we they, talk about the fact that Vince McMahon's worth three point one billion dollars? Are continuing? Yeah, yeah, and and they they must they, be nice. They took the average of the. Um, WWE is going to make an average of $435 million in um, licensing per year for their television programs. It's, so, it's, I'm right. Like This is where I come back to. Whenever we talk about AEW, they're not swimming in WWE's waters. Well, that, like, but they're have not. you seen the reaction? And that's why I'm saying this. I, the reaction online is like, look, this right. is competition. You're, ha, 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 AEW's going to take you out. And all that. It's not even a blip on the radar. I, I, it's not close. I agree with that, and and I've said twofold, too. The other thing is that Until... I have... Until, oh, until Sugar Bears on AEW. There it is. <laughs> but look, but look how low rent the, all this rollout has been. Like they used basically the the nitro flames behind the logo. I mean, it just looks, it just looks so low rent. Like everything 
that they've done so far is not impressing me at all. Well, I, I don't agree with that. It looks low rent. I'm look at look at it. It, it looks have, like I, a third grader made it on his computer. You took the Monday Nitro thing, took out the Monday Nitro logo, and put the AEW logo on top of it. That's I've, what it looks like. I haven't seen that one to know. It's I, just a big flaming background with their logo. It I, looks exactly like the Nitro thing. I actually thought that they looked good. The, the upfront looked good. I actually thought that that presentation looked very good and made it look like it was a real deal. Now, I, like, I get it. That's There's a difference between what they're doing locally and what Time Warner puts behind TNT. Like, There's two different things that are at play. And so the company that's being run out of Jacksonville is not going to look exactly like the thing that they're presenting in a Time Warner upfront because that's a massive mega billion dollar media company that's going to make things look better. Um, I, I would agree as a whole that it's being overblown. I still don't know for sure. Like one of the things that wasn't included in any of this announcement was how long is this deal for? How many episodes are definitely going to air on TNT? My the day of the week about, is a couple I think you guys... You- Brandon, would it change your mind to know that AEW has signed Earl Hebner? Oh, I saw that. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to be good. I'm just saying that I'm getting a lot of WCW vibes from this. Well, okay. And you know, I, it's I, like, I think what you're meeting is we everybody wants competition. A competition I want something is, different, and I'm not getting something different yet. Right. Com- I'm just seeing something is, that I've seen before. You're, you're comparing it to say, you know, it's, it's a glorified version of TNA. Um, right and and right. and probably at the moment that's what it is at the moment it's probably a glorified version of tna that being said that's the best thing that we've had so far right like so yes. far the best thing we've had competition wise is a glorified version of tna so my in a reasonable world no it's not worth probably all of the bluster that it's been given but i think it's worth conversation i think it is notable that there's going to be another professional wrestling show that airs on a significant media network. Yes. Um, this is not pop TV. This is not, right. you know. Oh, by the way, this I, is completely than changed my, I completely changed my opinion of pop TV forever. Oh, why is that? Because they have one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my entire life on it. But I, I, only, I didn't find out about it until Netflix. But it's called Shit's Creek. Creek. Oh, everybody loves that. That's the Eugene Levy. I have not watched it. I know <laughs> it it's something I need to watch. It is one of the watch. funniest shows I have ever seen in yeah, my life. It's I, shocking that it's still airing on that network. I know I need to watch it, but I just haven't. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Um, look, Eugene Levy. That's right, all you need to know. Right, correct. Chris, Chris uh, Elliott. Oh, I like both of them a lot. <laughs> I'm a big fan of both of their work. God, how um, long ago was something Catherine about Mary? O'Hare. <laughs> what? It's just. Amazing yeah. cast. Um, look, Amazing I need to watch cast. it. I'm a. I hope for the best, and I hope it comes more. I'd like some more information about what it's going to look like. My gut is they purposely didn't give out some more information because it it's not either it's not known yet or it's not as it, it doesn't make them look quite as good. Whatever the other information is that wasn't announced this week, but at the bare minimum a professional wrestling show that airs live on Tuesday nights on TNT, I think is a good thing for the industry. So I'll, I'll I'll say that without any, without stepping any further than that, without shitting on them. I think it's a good thing for professional wrestling and professional wrestling fans, that there'll be a professional wrestling show airing live Tuesday nights on TNT. Uh, I'm very interested to see how the pay-per-views go because we have been conditioned to pay $10 a month now to get all of our content. 
So now when someone wants you to pay $40 again, are you willing to do that? No. Interesting question, right? No. I mean, like, I, will I, people do it? I flat out no. I mean, what what could they do that would make me want to do that when I'm accustomed to not doing that? Right. Like, well, this company can this company survive not charging that? I don't know. I, I don't. It's an. As I'm saying, it's an interesting question. I don't know the answer. I mean, this is to that question, but I, I would find it hard to believe that you're going to get ten dollar pay per views. But I also don't know that we are the audience that they're. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they are assuming that there is a hardcore audience they can get that from. And, and Aaron, really, we should have Aaron as a part of this conversation right. because he's the one that could speak to, you know, New Japan, what they charge, um, how it does, things like that. I don't I don't have that knowledge and, base. And I think that they like like every other wrestling company, they're going to hope to build up to a AEW subscription service. Like I, I don't They said that they're offering it through Bleacher Report somehow. That's, that's how well, the pay per views that's are the gonna be live thing. But that's like um if you want to, if you want to order a UFC pay per view now, you have to order it through ESPN. Right? Is that true? Yes. Wow. Like all UFC pay per views you now. Have I to didn't order. even, and I didn't even know Bleacher Report had like um, streaming services. Well, again, this is what we, they they have really gone on. Uh, if you're not a soccer fan, you might probably don't know. Like the, they half the Champions League all games. All in on EPL. Right. Well, well, the EPL is still on NBC. But the Champions League, all of like. Oh, I thought you were talking about. I thought we were talking about uh, NBC Universal game. Okay. No, I'm. Uh, no. Is that BR Live? Is that yes? The BR format? Live is their streaming service, and they air literally like of all of every Champions League match, they air more than half of them wow. only on BR Live. Hey, World Arm Wrestling League is on there, which will be broadcasting from uh, Rams Head Live tomorrow. Look at that! How about that for a transition, Brandon? Tell us what's coming. <laughs> what's coming up at Rams Head Live? Um, I've got, uh, God, I'm so not on my game with this, but, uh, actually we just announced a great show with oh, a great series of shows with this band called against me that I really, oh, really yeah, like. They're like playing all lot, four yeah. of their biggest records on October 24th and October 25th. And an awesome band by the name of cursive is opening. Um, so don't miss those. I'm and still waiting on Brandon to get back to me. Concert. <laughs> <laughs> Getting real, real. He took that man's twenty dollars. Uh, um, go ahead. What else? Um, uh, just stay tuned to more announcements at RamsUpLive.com. Uh, May is Maryland Death Fest month, so we. Oh hell yeah! That's... The Maryland Death Fest. Of course, it's an I... international metal festival. Right. Uh, I, all and, uh, Memorial Day weekend, and I believe that was uh, this year being headlined by the Wallflowers. Correct. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, uh, at Brandon Linton on Twitter, ramsheadlive.com, in order to find out more. AJ. Uh, you can follow me on all social media at AJ Francis 410 Once again, uh, all my music, wrestling. I'm gonna, I just edited a new uh, highlight tape from SCW. Um, so, I'll, uh, so I'll be able to put that up probably in the next couple of days. So you'll be able to see, you know, Peak Frank, you know, Sugar Bear in the flesh. Uh, so, like I said, you can follow me on all social media at AJ Francis 410 to keep up with me. All right. I'm at Glenn Clark Radio. GlennClarkRadio.com is where you can find me. For uh, Brandon, for Aaron Oster, thanks again to TJ Perkins. And for the main event. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, you got another one, so just do it so we can move on with it. Thank you. AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Mm, Jobbing Out. Brandon? Fuck cancer.